Welcome to Radioactive Summer Break, an hour of community connection and music discovery this summer. I'm Laura Jones, and coming up tonight, artist Jorge Rojas. The Kimball Art Center has named him their inaugural artist-in-residence up in Park City, and he'll have an invitation for you later this hour to help him create something special. Do be sure to check out his corn mandala Flower of Life at Yumoka in Salt Lake City, which ends at the end of the month. We'll get you all the details if you stick around. First, we're going to mash up Songs of Summer with eBay's Friday Soul Party, which also converges with the Sundance screening of Summer of Soul up at Red Butte on Friday night. Here we go. Hey, eBay, how you doing? Hey, Laura. I'm well. How are you? I'm home casting in my closet. You're home casting from an office or bedroom, I assume. That's right. <laughs> yes, home casting. Uh, you know, we've been doing this all through COVID and then back live for a little bit. And now we're uh, excited about moving into our new temporary studio space that uh, is uh, coming along nicely. But in the in the interim, we're still home casting and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been, it's been interesting and a lot of fun, Laura, as you know. <laughs> yes, but we are still around and still after 40 years on the air, KRCL is rather. So I wanted to mash up the Music Meets Movies, the Friday Soul Party, and our Songs of Summer. We've been asking folks to dedicate a song to someone in the community, a cause they support, some general music inspiration. And I thought, let's also talk about Summer of Soul and the Soul Party. Soul Party's been part of KRCL on and off for its history, right, eBay? You know, KRCL has been the only place you could get soul music on the radio in Utah for decades now. There have been, you know, other stations that have thrown in some R&B and stuff here and there, but KRCL has been really consistent. And Fridays especially, it's a, it's a tr tradition uh, at KRCL. And uh, I, for years, uh, ha have done different soul things on Friday. And the, the soul party is the newest one for me, although it's been around for years now, officially. Uh, and yeah, happy to keep soul music on the airwaves in Utah. Fridays from four to six, you do a two hour soul party. It also coincides with the Sundance Institute's screening of Summer of Soul up at Red Butte. And we need to remind folks what this movie is about eBay. Nobody ever heard of the Harlem Culture Festival. Nobody would believe it happened. Okay, so this is crazy, Laura. In 1969, there was, uh, in, in Harlem, at the Mount Morris Park, there were these six consecutive Sundays that brought together the most amazing soul music lineup uh, you could imagine, right? And the entire thing was, was filmed and rivaled in a lot of ways uh, Woodstock, which was happening at the same time. Um, and in fact, when they talked about it, they often referred to it as Black Woodstock. It brought thousands and thousands of people out to see an amazing lineup. It was completely filmed. And, and for some reason, I think it was maybe only 30 minutes of the footage ended up being broadcasted on television in the middle of the night. Uh, but the rest of it, piles and piles of tapes sat in a storage like a, a basement storage unit for like 50 years and and the people who had attended the actual uh summer of soul performances the shows um 
I think some of them were wondering if that ever even happened. You know, <laughs> was it just mixed up memories from their youth? And a lot of uh, folks like myself, younger, who, you know, I wasn't uh, around in 1969. Uh, when I first heard about it, you just can't help but wonder, why did this sit in a basement for 50 years? How come no one has seen any of this where with Woodstock, we've had how many, you know, the director's cut and the remastered versions. And it's, you know, we, we, we all know all about it. Um, there's all the soundtracks, all the music that's been made available, but then there's this, what feels like hidden history, which is a huge milestone in, in not just uh, the soul music community, but the black cultural community. Uh, why has this been just sort of tucked away and, and Amir Questlove uh, of Thompson of the Roots, he had the same sort of reaction. What do you mean there's six Sundays of soul music in some park in Harlem that has been tucked away all of these years? How come no one's done anything with this? He put together this amazing documentary, and uh, it really is. I, I, it was award-winning at Sundance. Um, and for him, it was just this, we've got to make sure that people see this. But it was his directorial debut, and it was like he... It, he is great at this sort of thing. It's it's just a really, really good film. It doesn't just touch on the music. It touches on everything that was happening culturally at the time. One of the big parts of it was there had been a lot of riots uh, happening around the time, and, and they were trying to find a way to bring people together in a peaceful way and give them something to do that summer uh, to, to kind of keep things peaceful. Uh, and they touch on that. They touch on uh, the moon landing. There's a lot of stuff that was going on, uh, and they do it in such a, just a, a fascinating way and a musical way. All the editing is is done. Uh, uh, it almost feels like a mixtape, you know, like a music mixtape where they're interspersing all of these clips and things. It's an amazing film, and uh, seeing it, you know, under the stars, outdoors at Red Butte, uh, at at I think the film starts at nine o'clock doors at eight o'clock uh tickets not required laura but you uh, do you, have to get a spot you do have to register and you can still register so uh you just go to krcl.org we have a link to register on our website uh it's all available there you can see the trailer and even if you've already seen the film seeing it on the big screen uh with a bunch of other music lovers under the Red stars Beauty, under the stars you maybe you kind go. of feel even more like you were there as you watch yeah. this this concert yeah. movie and it does show full music performances. In fact, there is this one scene with uh, uh, the Staples singers, Mavis Staples, still really, really young. She gets a chance to sing with her, her, her hero, Mahalia Jackson. And it was one of those moments. I'm not going to tell you what happens, but uh, I got choked up watching it. I, yeah. I, there are so many goosebump moments and just those, you know, like where you're just, you're amazed that this has been something that was captured and no one has seen it for all of these years. It's crazy. It's, but glad to have it out in the world now. So on Friday, four to six, you tune in for your Friday soul party with eBay as you're driving up, getting ready perhaps to go up to Red Butte to see this special screening of Summer of Soul or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised. So eBay, it's Songs of Summer. I need to ask you, the DJ, eBay, Jamil Hamilton, to dedicate a song. What you got? All right. So first, let me say that uh, while you're listening to the Soul Party 
to go and see the Summer of Soul. I'll also be uh, doing a, a 1969 Summer of Soul party as well. All songs you'll hear during the show are songs that were on the airwaves in 1969. And then A Song of Summer, there's so many that tie into this film, but I think uh, one of the highlights is uh, Sly and the Family Stone performed uh, during these Mount Morris uh, performances. And uh, how about uh, Dance to the Music? That's what this is is all about. And that's a great summer song. Uh, and, and if I'm not mistaken, I think Questlove has talked about maybe doing a documentary on, on Sly Stone as well. That would be awesome. So it who are you be. dedicating this to? You're the DJ. You got to make so it good. Everyone <laughs> listening right this moment, dance to the music. On KRCL 90.9. You're listening to Radioactive, the Summer Break Edition. I'm Laura Jones. While his corn mandala, Flower of Life, at the Utah Museum of Contemporary Art, wraps at the end of the month, and he's the Kimball Art Center's first artist-in-residence, I'm talking about the artist Jorge Rojas, for whom corn is central to his artistic expression these days. As an artist, it's a, I use it as a material. I use it as an inspiration. <clears throat> I, uh, I'm... You know, I'm from Mexico. I'm an immigrant uh, with my family. And um, corn is something that's incredibly important to um, indigenous people all across the Americas. It has a really deep and rich and uh, meaningful uh, history, um, as, of course, as well as to the indigenous people here um, in the United States. And so I, I'm very interested in its ability to um, help us connect to our indigenous roots, uh, as well as connecting us across across cultures and across borders. Um, as as a you know, I, I'm I'm also interested in its spiritual aspects um, I, because I am you know an immigrant and Mexican American with like some European roots and some indigenous roots and. Um, I, um, I'm really interested in how um, I'm able to connect different forms of spirituality. You know, I, I'm, I'm inspired by uh, Tibetan mandalas. I'm inspired by, uh, you know, by Hindu uh, and Buddhist practices. I'm interested in all of those kinds of forms of spirituality, uh, more so than my, my, my religious upbringing as, as uh, Mormon in, in, in this state. Um, so, you know, so I'm just interested in uh, art's ability to connect this. When I think of mandalas, I remember some monks at the downtown library doing one over time, and then this beautiful work is then blown away. So tell us what's going on with your corn mandala over at the Utah Museum of Contemporary Art. Yeah, you bet. So um, the corn mandala that I, uh, I, I did at, at Umoka is, it's, it's called Corn Mandala Flower of Life. And flower of life is this ancient, ancient symbol um, that has been found uh, across many cultures. I think the, the oldest it was found is like in Egypt, uh, but it's been found all, all across the world. So different cultures and different uh, peoples were finding it or, 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 or tapping into this, which is supposed to, it's considered, um, what do you call it, uh, sort of this cosmic uh, sacred geometry, which um, is meant to help us kind of understand the geometry of how the universe 
works and is created. So you find sort of like you find patterns, geometric patterns in, in nature here on earth, you can also find patterns in the universe. So after going, we've all gone through this COVID and, you know, getting, you know, still kind of getting over the trauma of our past, um, you know, president and uh, his administration, I, I really wanted to do a symbol that felt as broadly universal um, as possible, and that would unite people. So in the past, when I've done corn mandalas, I've, you know, I've done, I think this is my fifth, um, I've normally come up with my own designs and geometry, but uh, for this one, I wanted to use kind of one of the most ancient um, symbols that, that I felt that would help us, that would help feel relevant or at least universal enough for everyone to connect to. This mandala is a transitory experience. There's only a couple more weeks left to take it in. That is correct. So it's up through the end of this month. So get over there to see it. Afterwards, I will dismantle it. I'm still, I'm actually in conversations with the folks over at Yumoka to talk about um, if there's going to be some kind of a closing ceremony. Uh, you know, we've thought about maybe providing some of the corn seeds um, to give to people that they can plant. I'm using uh, a lot of indigenous corn. So a lot of those corn kernels, when you plant them, they, they grow like the, the, the native corn, right? So like the red and the blue and the colorful corn. Um, and, uh, and then of course, some of the corn I will, I will take and I will reuse again in other installations and in other mandalas. So the corn continues to be charged um, with the energy around the work and around the community. So over the last 18 months, shall we say, of, of COVID, many folks are slowing down. And I seem to recall a review of your corn mandala by yeah. Jeff Weikert of Artists of Utah 15 Bytes talking about uh, the mandala asking audience members to slow down. But you, my friend, you seem to have only sped up, but with a particular focus on your art. You were formerly the director of learning and, and engagement at the Utah Museum of Fine Arts. So what did you decide over the course of COVID? How did that affect your life's trajectory? Yeah, that's a great question. And yes, I, I, I'm not only asking the community to, to take a moment and slow down and maybe meditate on you know, being present in the moment. Uh, I'm trying to ask myself to do the same. Um, so after six amazing years uh, serving as Director of Learning and Engagement at the UMFA, I made a decision that um, after a lot of thought and contemplation and even, even dealing with some, uh, some illness in my family and with my, with my mom, um, I, just, I really just had a, a kind of a soul-searching realization that, you know, life is really too short to not do what you're absolutely most passionate about. And I mean, I'm extremely passionate about community and education and art and museums and have been so for the last six years, but um, my greatest passion and always has been making art um, curating art, and um, as well as doing my performance art. And so, I, you know, I have two sons that are eight and 10 years old. I, I was just, I've been reflecting a lot on life. And, you know, there's, we often think about doing what we want to really do later on. And I just thought, I can't do that. I can't do that to myself. I can't do that. And that's not the example I want to leave for my children. So I, I, I decided to uh, make the leap and, uh, and, and focus on my own work. And it's so far, you know, my, I, my last day at the UMFA was uh, uh, the end of March. And so far, I have more work and projects than I uh, can barely um, handle. So I feel extremely blessed and grateful. And uh, I'm already looking into next year as far as like, well, I'll be doing that. 
Well, immediately on your plate is the inaugural artist-in-residency that you have this summer at the Kimball Arts Center. And again, you're going to be drawing community into your work. Tell us what's coming up. You bet. So um, as you mentioned earlier, I'm the inaugural um, artist-in-residence at the Kimball Arts Center in Park City. And um, I'm just so grateful. They reached out to me um, when they heard that I had left, left the UMFA. And they said, you know, we'd love to work with you, Jorge. And we, uh, we don't know exactly how, but we just know we'd love to work with you. And uh, we, we had a, you know, a few meetings and after quite a bit of uh, conversation, and they were very generous to me. They said, well, you know, what, what would you like to do? How can we support your work in practice? And I said, well, you know, I just want to make art and, and, um, and I want to curate exhibitions. And um, so they said, well, we've been thinking a lot about starting an artist in residence program here at the Kimball. How would you feel about uh, being our first artist in residence and not only you know we would support you on your project but it would also help us to kind of build our residency and, and work through some of the kinks when you're first starting something like this and i said that sounds great my only sort of condition if you will a requirement is that i um i'm, I'm very very interested in working with the, the latin american community in park city because as you know that you know a lot of times um you know the those of us who are immigrants that have come to these countries oftentimes end up doing a lot of like the, the, the hard work that is the invisible work, you know, the, the restaurant work and the, and the, and the cleaning and all this types of type of work um, that goes unseen. And so I just, and you know, oftentimes I've, I've dedicated a lot of my, my work and my time to, to really to be helping make art institutions and museums more inclusive. Uh, and more relevant to broader audiences. And so I said, I would like to do something that will feel relevant and inclusive to the Latinx community in Park City. And they said, that sounds amazing and that sounds wonderful and we'd love to help you with that. So I came up with this project, which is actually um, a re, sort of a remix of a project that I did. Gosh, I guess it's been almost 10 years ago, but I did it first at a place called Project Row Houses in Houston, Texas. And the place, the, the project is called um, Gente de Maiz, People of Corn. And it's really um, inspired by this idea that corn to, um, you know, Mesoamerican cultures and Native American cultures is this really important spiritual, uh, cultural, uh, societal uh, food source. It's not, it's much more than a food source. It, it represents life, it represents fertility, it represents community, it represents, um, you know, all these wonderful things. And so the, the project, the way it's designed is um, I, if I may, I'll tell you a little bit about the background. It was inspired by uh, two things. First in the Popol Vuh, which is the Maya Bible or the, you know, the, the spiritual writings of, of the Maya people. Uh, they talk about how the first uh, Maya people were created by the gods made out of corn. They actually first tried to make them out of gold, but they were too heavy. Then they tried to make them out of the earth, kind of like a, out of ceramic, but they were too fragile. And then they tried to make them out of wood and they were too susceptible to fire. And then they found, they found the corn. They took the corn and they put some, the gods put some of their own blood in it and they chopped it up and they made a masa and they made the first human proto the first Maya prototypes. And I just thought that was such a beautiful uh, creation story. And um, I thought, this is a wonderful project that I can do with community, whether it's for kids or adults or seniors, anyone can come and make these little people out of corn. So I, we take corn masa, like, you know, like maseca, what you make like tortillas out of, 
or for tamales and you and we kind of get it to a consistency kind of like play-doh and then people just come and they make their own corn person and so everyone in the community that's participating in this is making their own corn people, which then turns into an installation. So um, I've been doing workshops up, up in Park City and going, going, doing, going to classrooms and doing, uh, you know, meeting up with people that anybody can go up to the Kimball right now and make their own corn people. And then they will be part of this uh, larger installation, um, which will open in August. And will be it'll be it'll surround a, a new corn mandala made out of corn. So the whole idea is that corn is the source of life, and the and and the and the, the gente de maíz or the people of corn. There's also a book by Miguel Ángel Asturias, a Guatemalan author, uh, who wrote a book called Hombres de Maíz, uh, Men of Corn, uh, which talks about uh, the ideas, the beliefs, the the practices around uh, corn uh, in Guatemala um, with the Quiche Maya. Um, but then how when the colonizers came, they started to sort of erase some of those traditions and take corn and look at it more as a commerce and how that shifted the whole, you know, connection to the earth and to um, agrarian practices and uh, community. So anyway, there's, there's just so many, you know, there's, you can also talk about, uh, you know, genetically modified corn and you can talk about how corn syrup is like this thing where it's like, you know, can be very unhealthy and is in every, almost just about every grocery product at the store. But anyway, so there's, a, it's, I love it because it creates opportunities for, for people to get together and to share stories and, um, and become more aware about the food that we eat, um, what it means culturally, spiritually, historically, how it connects us to our ancestors. Um, and, uh, and also to think about who does the work and the labor around them. And so we were actually building a really, you know, I told them, I said, I don't want to just do a project. I actually, if you'd like, if you allow me, um, I'd like to build a program around this residency and invite all of these wonderful people that I know in the community to come and offer their expertise and, and their knowledge. So it's not just me, it's like really just bringing all, all these different perspectives. So I'm working with uh, Fanny Blauer at Artists in Mexico in Utah. Um, they've developed this incredible uh, uh, curriculum and resources on their website. Um, I'm actually invited uh, Francie Taylor, um, who is uh, Native American and um, she's the director of the, um, the the uh, American Indian Resource Center at the University of Utah, and she's gonna be presenting too uh, from a Native American perspective around corn. Um, I'm partnered with uh, Utah Humanities to bring in an author uh, that's gonna be just part of the book fest to talk about corn. Um, and uh, we're also doing uh, Cocinando con Maiz or cooking with corn. So we're gonna do a, a cooking event where we invite uh, someone that's gonna make traditional tamales made out of corn. From, uh, from a place called Guerrero in Mexico, as well as inviting someone uh, that's uh, Dene Navajo to uh, show us some techniques. And then we're gonna bring food and share food and tell stories. Um, so yeah, there's just uh, a lot of, uh, and, then, and then some a lot of the program is specifically being done in Spanish um, so that uh, a lot of the Spanish speaking community in Park City feels comfortable um, and uh, welcome and that we're uh, really catering to their needs. Well, Jorge, where can people catch up on all those wonderful things? Uh, get it on their calendar as well as their website? Um, yes, actually. So all of these wonderful things are like all being tidy up right now because I am the first artist in residence. We're kind of like designing it as we go. 
Um, but uh, you can go to the KimballArtCenter.org um, and, and you can read about my residency there. Um, so, um, and, then, and then you'll be seeing updates coming up here very soon regarding this programming that I just talked about. And then, um, and then on Umoca, just go to uh, utahmoca.org um, and you'll see the, the, the banner and the exhibition page for the Corn Mandala Flower of Life installation. Jorge, we do songs of summer with our guests, and we'd love to have you add something to the playlist we're building. Now, we've been talking a lot about corn and um, the cultural aspects of it, but I know you love, I know you love rock and roll. So what do you got for us? Well, I have been listening, kind of going back and listening to a lot of uh, 80s music and uh, and listening to Pixies in particular, which uh, just gives me the energy I need to keep moving and cranking forward. Um, and there's that song Tame by Pixies that I, I love. And if you have it, it'd be great to uh, share it with the community. Absolutely. Who do you want to dedicate this to? Be the DJ. Oh, my gosh. I dedicate this to all the artists and performers and community workers um, and everyone that um, makes that gives soul and meaning to living in this wonderful city we call Salt Lake City. Well, Jorge. And to you, Laura, oh, to you, you and to KRCL. <laughs> thank you so much. Songs of Summer on KRCL, courtesy of Jorge Rojas. Check tonight's show notes for a link to everything we just talked about.